I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. What's up, y'all? We're back on Rebel Radio. Today's guest is my man, AMG. I've been friends with for 20 years. Uh, you know him best as the rapper behind Bitch Better Have My Money. And uh, he comes in and tells us about how much the rap game has changed since he was making hits. He didn't even have a video for that track, and it spent, I think, half a year on the Billboard charts. Pretty amazing stuff. And uh, he also talks about how easy it was to lose focus and lose his passion for what he was doing and how hard it is to get it back. Listen in and send us some thoughts. Every week on Rebel Radio, we bring you the EDM.com track of the week. It's a track from the archives at EDM.com, the world's leading curator of all things electronic dance music that, uh, that the editors there think you're going to like. And this week's track comes from Troy Boy, who is a staple artist over at edm.com he's part of the hegemon collective and he's been blowing up on soundcloud lately his catalog's pretty deep there if you want to dig in it's troy boy t-r-o-y-b-o-i this week's track is called do you featuring armani white and here we go around me lately i can't even describe this place but i mean sounding crazy i've been thinking they only want me for my compensation and i've been waiting for a nigga to fuck up you know that i'm impatient i can't name a face that been around me lately i can't even describe this place but i mean sounding crazy i've been thinking all this money in front of me but get behind me satan they thought every conversation saying you my nigga you my nigga Welcome back to Rebel Radio. My guest today, AMG. You know him from uh, Bitch Better Have My Money. Oh, yeah. 1992. 91. 91. And uh, and many other things that we're going to talk about along the way. We met... 93. 93. Damn, you remember that. Yeah. 
So I was managing uh, this group. Do called, you want to get funky whiskey? Dude, how do you remember that? I remember everything. That's amazing. So I was managing this girl group, Skin Deep. Yep. And I think they were like the Spice Girls, but too early and maybe not as good. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you see it a different way. No, they was okay. They yeah. was okay. Who was the lead singer? But you went to school with Jewel, right? I went to Jewel, yeah. So one of the girls. I knew. So we had a demo deal with, with Columbia. Randy Jackson yeah. gave me my first record deal. And... Uh, that didn't go anywhere. But then... Demo deals, huh? Remember, mm -hmm. Remember that? $5,000. Yeah, make a couple songs and come back. He gave him five... He's just one of the... He liked one of the girls. That's the reason to give up money. Yeah, I mean, five grand, right? I do. How bad can it be? Yeah. So he gave us five grand. He said, let's see what you can do. So we went yeah. and we got... Um, and we made a demo. We made like four songs. Who did the song? Bosco? Bosco did one. Who did, who did, who, do you want to get funky? I still got the cassette. That was Bosco. I still have the you cassette. You do? I, I was trying to everything. find it. Josh, I keep everything. It might be in storage, except our storage burned up last year, so we might not <laughs> have it anymore. I have the dads somewhere. Mm -hmm. But, so Bosco did one, and then uh, Red Foo. I remember Stephen, Kendall Gordy. Right at the time, he was Kendall Gordy. Now he's Red Foo from uh, uh, LMFAO. So he produced, he did two tracks, and then I forget who, it, somebody else did a third. Did Didn't a, you come by to get us to do something? That's why you yeah, brought so, by. Yeah, so, and then Jules says, yo, I know AMG. So this is 93. Yeah. You're huge then. It was like springtime. Yeah. I remember. Josh came in, he was cocky, I was messing with him and shit. So I come, I said, I'm looking for, I don't think I knew what you looked like. Because, I mean, I knew the record. Right. But, uh, I don't know, And but I, I went down there. It was Total Track, right? You came to Greedy's. To Greedy Greg's. We had, the, we had the studio upstairs in the room. That's right. So We, I had, could, a, we had a big-ass board. Where was that? It was by Lamert Park. No, nah, it's 76. Oh, okay. 76, yeah. So I come down there. Um, I'm looking for AMG. I'm what? It's 93. I'm 21. And so, and he was like, who are you? I said, who the hell are you? Yeah. He's like, I'm Josh Levine. <laughs> said, All right. And then, you know, what stood out to me... Like, you were real cool to me. Yeah, man. You know, as far as I knew, you were a big star. And I was nobody. Some dude with some girls. That's all right. And uh, you treated me real cool. And, and you know, we just became Now friends. you're the star. Now I'm the star. I don't know about that. Um, I said, this guy's wedding. Remember the wedding? Yeah. yeah. Of course I remember my yeah. wedding. I don't know. Some people forget. <laughs> What's the date? October 18th. You sure? 2003. Yeah, that was a good time. Where is it? Palm Springs? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Um, so, so take us back to that time though, '91. Oh God! Like, what do you want to know? I want to know. It's all a jumbled mass of mess and information. So yeah, I'm sure you got to pick a question. Well, first of all, I want to talk about "Bitch Better Have My Money." Right. Uh, play that. Play that. Al Wilson. Oh God! They all found out now. Well, now you can find everything online. Yeah. What's that app? Uh, oh, Shazam? Yeah, Shazam. Yeah. No, but I found this on Who Sampled. I didn't know. 
whosample.com? Yeah. It'll tell you every sample. What a dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing wrong with the information age. You, you don't have to know everything. everything, motherfuckers. You hear me? You don't have to know everything. No, but we can find None out everything. None of your fucking business. Man, for what? Don't matter. So, all right, cut that off. Mm-hmm. Before we get sued. Um, <laughs> it was like, listen to me. Right? That's the flip side of um, show and tell. Was it? Yeah. The no flip shit. side is show and tell. That's okay. it. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I didn't know. Yeah. So, so wait. First of all, how'd you get started rapping? Oh, God. When I first heard it, I was like, ah, oh, this is incredible. When you, you first know? heard hip-hop? Yeah, like... What was the first record? Sugar Hill? Yeah. And probably something earlier that I can't remember, because I, I was in Ohio when all that came to, came mm-hmm. to be. You know, Curtis Blow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really probably Curtis Blow first. You know, Christmas rapping and all that stuff, and... You know, I became a hip-hop head, like, at 11 years old, like, mm-hmm. 81. And all I wanted was the radio, to tape the mix shows and just to keep listening to all these records. It was, you know, a dynamic period just to hear somebody that was probably closer to your age and singers and all smooth and polished. Yeah. Just dudes talking stuff and, yeah. you know, and that hit everybody that was into it because we was break dancers and, you know, popping and, you know, we was caring about our clothes and our Kangos. And, In Cleveland? You know, yeah, it was just our b-boy style because we was closer to New York. Yeah. You know, so a lot of the big shows that we we could get those on the radio. So and back then DJs was hot, so mm-hmm. everybody played all the hot stuff, and it just kind of grew from there because, you know, being an artist that that's not what we was doing. We was battling at school and just right. you know, fuck your homework, write these raps and shit. You yeah, know, for sure. So um, was there a record? Was there a that moment that stood out? Was there a moment when you were like, I'm gonna do this as a career? <clears throat> Um, that would that would be later on after we moved to California. We moved to California in '85, and out here, you know, that was Inglewood. Yeah, coming from someplace like Ohio to where you, you know, you go to high school, you finish, you go to college, you get married, blah 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 blah. You mm-hmm. know, get a job, blah blah blah. But coming out here, you know, just seeing all the energy in this city, you know, from people being performers or and entertainers and all that stuff and meeting people it's like yeah i sung background on this song you were like wow like i know that song and that was you you know right so you like you kind of you know way closer to it so i think um from meeting uh greg modo mm-hmm. and my boy fonzo they took me to greg's house it's like yeah he could rap this is like late 86 early 87 i think and wow. you know he, he he let me record a demo, and he didn't care. He's like, make a beat. He made a beat, and he's on the phone. Oh God, yogurt for breakfast. <laughs> 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 Fucking um, made a beat. He recorded me on the four track. Yeah, and he didn't care. He was you know he was mixing my shit all fucked up and shit. I'm like, dude, care about my shit? You know, <laughs> yeah, man, whatever, man. Yeah, you know. So I just took it to school. Let your friends, let my friends hear it and. You know, we would do that, and I had a group. I was in a group, uh, Chillin' Villains. Chillin' Villains. Yeah, these guys, they uh, they kicked me out the group, actually, because I was like, look, man, we need to make, because we would go save up our money and press up a 12-inch. Yeah. And I was like, let's let's do a song where we can, like, get some girls or get some money. Like, they wanted to battle rap on wax, and I didn't want to do it, so they ousted me from the group. So then I really went full-fledged into just 
trying to work on me. And I was okay. Spin. That was my rap name back then, Spin. Spin. I, would, I would reverse the words back and forth and all that, you know. Uh-huh. You know, old school flow. Sure. From that point, really, and just going with Greg and just working with him and learning really how to record yourself because, you know, it wasn't a bunch of producers, mm -hmm. you know. It was like get on this eight track and, you know, come up with your shit. And that, that's where it came from, sampling records and just yeah. trying to find, you know, you got, you work on SB1200, that's 10 seconds sampling time. Right. So I got 2.5 seconds for a sample, you know, another, you know, all the rest of the seconds for some drums and you can put some added shit in there. The records were sparse, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So that's what hip hop was though, you mm -hmm. know, find, looking for the perfect beat, which it still is to me, you know. So, and then to, to get to then making the first album, how, like, was that, like, was uh, Bitch Better Have My Money, was that on the demo? Yeah, but I had made tons of songs before that. Right. That was building up to it. I had a, a friend, pimp friend of mine, named Hollywood Day Say, and he would take me out and shit, and I was a square, you know, I was still hip-hop and had a high-top fade. He'd be like, uh -huh. high-top, come roll with me. <laughs> so he rolled me all around Sunset and shit, and showing how you do the girls and stuff. So I was like, yeah, pimp concept, you know? So I knew that sample from Big Daddy Kane, Pimpin' Ain't Easy, mm -hmm. you know, and live, the bitch bear my money. And that record came out like in 88, 89. It was like 91, I was like, about 90. I was like, nobody's gonna use this shit. It's clean, clear. Like, it's a great concept, right? Play, play that song real quick. <clears throat> Which one? The Big Daddy Kane. Oh. It's it, on the Spotify. Anything goes when it comes to hoes because Pimpin' Ain't Easy. Bitch better have my money. Yo, yo, yo what, what happened to, to my part, man? What the fuck is up with the Cliff Love part? Yo, what's up with the Lazy Lays part? It was homin' 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 bitch. Yo, you the fuck is up? Music back on, man. That's amazing. Well, I knew that sample was the shit. I was like, that's the shit. Yeah. You know, that was the whole N.W.A. Easy period, so I wanted something that sounded gangster, but I wasn't no gangster, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So I used mm -hmm. to call myself the Teenage Pimp, so that mm -hmm. was classic, and I found that sample. It was like, it sounded rugged, you know, I was a P.E. fan, you know, 100%, so anything bomb squad sounding, just constant, you know, that, right. you know, yeah. just rugged with the beat that you could dance to. That's why it was different. And that's why it kind of worked, you know, because back then you wasn't all over the radio with crazy shit like this. You know what right. I mean? Like, you only heard my record in the club. So by the time you're feeling good and they throw that record on, you go lose your mind. And that's how it grew. You know, you're talking about 50 weeks on the uh, rap charts. Yeah, you couldn't with get no, radio play With back no then video, with, with no radio. Song. So we stayed on Billboard for 50 fucking weeks with wow. a song with no video, no radio. Yeah. I was a heat seeker and everything. That's right when they started heat seekers. And yeah. Shit. Do, do, do billboards matter anymore? B Billboard magazine? Uh, or, charts. Or, or, oh, charts. Uh, yeah, they do. Yeah? Yeah. I thought it was all like fucking Instagram bit. charts. Yeah, but, but they take that at, they, YouTube they take that now into consideration, right? Yeah. It's not just radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get the, the web data. Top, but, top motherfucker on YouTube. Yeah. All that shit. So, so it just blew up. It took about... Did you know it was a hit when you made it? Hell yeah. Yeah. I knew it was going to work, yeah. you know, surfing. We go wait for the wave. Mm -hmm. And by that time, it was like, I think you're talking about 91. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we the summer prior, summer of 90, we all got together, me, second and none, quick, hi, see everybody. We made a mixtape. How'd so you we, meet all of them? Um, we, uh, Courtney and Tracy were recording a girl, Claudia, 
singer girl. You remember Bobby Brown, My Prerogative video? Uh -huh. She's the girl with the high top fade, light skinned chick. She was making a demo. Quick was producing her demo. Uh -huh. And um, they knew Greg was always looking for rappers and shit, you know, because we'd been trying to do a bunch of stuff and, you know, getting rejected at companies and shit like that. And they told him, they told Greg that, you know, you should meet this guy because he's real good, but he's in this group, but he want to leave, you know. He was trying to get out of penthouse players or whatever because he had good solo stuff that mm -hmm. was different than what they were doing. And finally, Greg got in contact with him, and we heard um, we heard about four songs. We heard, like, Black Pussy and about three, four other songs. And we were just like, this dude is crazy. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, crazy. Yeah. Then we met, and we hung out and stuff. And... um you know, we just started kind of like working together. We was in awe of this dude because he worked really fast, really good, hence the name Quick. Mm -hmm. And um, started making demos. He brought over Second and None. Then High C came. And we all was on, we was all like the same age doing the same shit. And everybody jailed. You know, we was just like, let's be the craziest motherfuckers out there. Like next to NWA, like we're not doing no gangster shit, but it's mm -hmm. more like party music fun shit. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's how that worked. And when we did our mixtape, everybody put two of their original songs on there. Then we did like group cuts and all that shit. And split them up between the albums. So that caught fire, which caught wind of Profile, Select, and all that type of stuff. And the funniest shit in the world is that Profile wanted me and Select wanted uh, Quick. But Profile outbid Select, and he had more songs. I didn't have an mm -hmm. album done. Mm -hmm. So by January 91, um, Born and Raised in Compton dropped, and the album dropped. And I knew that I wanted to have a record out that year, mm -hmm. album or single. So we got our deal with Select just to do a single, just to see how it rolled. So there you go. And and three months later, that uh, quickest name, fucking mm -hmm. gold. Right. Now everybody wants to know the truth about a brother named Quick. I come from the school of the slow wicked and the slick. A lot of people already know exactly where it's at, cause it's the home of the jackets and the crack. Yeah, that's the name of my hometown. I'm going down. And then the rest of the record, you know, you mentioned the SP twelve hundred, right? But but that's not a sparse record. What you mean? Uh, that that the album, like right. your first album. What are you talking a, about? Uh, it was like sonically, that was yeah, it was deep. Yeah, we was crazy with it. it yeah. was, but you know, it was sample based, and we threw mm -hmm. shit on top of it and made sure it bumped. Mm -hmm. You know, you had to bump. You know, just like now. Yeah. You can't beat it. That's hip hop. You're supposed to be big and loud. Mm -hmm. The bigger, the better. Yeah, definitely. No, I mean, that, that came across, and, you know, obviously that song blew up and became yeah. what you're known for, that song, I think. That song, that song broke in Pennsylvania. Is that right? Not even here. How, how'd that happen? Dudes just took off on it, and it spread like wildfire because nobody ever heard some crazy shit like that. Mm -hmm. And that's what, you know, I think, like, right now with so many people, it's like, how are you ever going to be heard again as an artist? You know what I mean? Without mm -hmm. Big Doe. Mm-hmm. You know. Kill the, it was killing the, the little man, you know. Yeah, but I think that's still happening to some extent, right? Like you, but it's happening on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. different forms. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, people are but breaking through, but it's, it's crazy, but it's different. Though. Yeah, it's crazy. To take it from where it really should exist is the streets and the clubs, yeah. and just putting it on the screen for people to like. Yeah, that's just different to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm old. <laughs> this record you talking about? This would be 25 years next year. Wow. Yep. That's crazy. So what happens, uh, you know, lyrically, I mean, we were talking about this, that, you know, um, you know, it's party music, it's sex, right. sex rap, right? And I right. think... Um, you get labeled soft. You get labeled soft or you get, you know, I think in... Uh, How can it be soft, though? That's, that's crazy. I don't, well, I wouldn't say it that way. I think, you know, in today's 
like more PC world, you know, it's like, you know, you get labeled like misogynist, yeah. right? But I think, you know, the context of like, uh, like that's what was going on in hip hop at the time, right? Well, yeah, but you had you had the hardcore, you had the, the fun party kid and play dudes. Mm -hmm. Then you had crazy shit, you had Luke and all that type of sure. stuff. Had, you had all that variety. Right. So you had to create your own lane. I knew I rapped better. You know, Luke, not really a rapper. Mm -hmm. You know, too short, all this stuff's really slow. So I was like, lyrically, I could, you know, do better with faster tracks. You know, because I, I came from a dancing world, hip hop and all mm -hmm. that type of shit. So I knew I wanted my stuff to be danceable. And, you know, those are the best beats to me. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't beat that. Absolutely. Yeah. So did you find yourself, so you're like, the record blows up. Right. Are you famous? Like you walk down the street? No, because there was you, a picture on it. Okay. On the 12 inch? You talking about the 12 inch? Yeah, or, the, or just like. I didn't put my face on the album, put it on right. the backside, but yep. I saw what Quick went through. Uh-huh. Putting your face on the record, I was like, oh, I don't want nobody who was just walking up on me. You know, just right. anybody stranger, we weren't ready for that type of shit. Not right, me. Right, right, right. But, um. Conceptually, the whole concept, you know, the whole idea of everything was mine from start to finish. Each record, cover, blah, 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 how they mm -hmm. market it. You know what I mean? So, you know, you could be famous some kind of way. I was famous, but just like people knew my name. Right. You know, but seeing my face, you got to see me in the show. You but know. you're out in the club. You went on YouTube. You meet girls, they know who you are. Oh, yeah, all day. Remember, we used to wear hats with our names on them uh -huh. back in the day? <laughs> like that is me I go to the club people have me VIP'd up and shit right. so I go there and be like you know what I mean they're like well you're already here we already gave you it's like that. <laughs> no you gave your, my table to the wrong people get them out my booth <laughs> yeah cause my, you didn't know what people looked like drinking my shit yeah it wasn't no you know right. facial recognition cause For I sure. wasn't on TV till the first video right yeah which was what Jigaboo Pie okay yeah and um and so so how did girls react to the... To oh, come on, man. I was like on. 21. Yeah. I was like 20. I was. I just turned 21 by the time the record was released. Uh -huh. Oh, come on, man. Nobody was mad at you. Oh, come on. How could they be? <laughs> it was crazy. I'd go over a girl's house, and I'd be on TV. They'd be watching videos, and they'd be looking at me and looking at the screen and looking at me. Like, hey, yeah. I'm picking your daughter up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have fun. Oh, we will. We're gonna have a ball. Uh -huh. This is dedicated to the pretty black young woman from AMG. Um, you know you're a player, man. Can we tell people that you're a player? Retired. Uh, we, we, we can. We, yeah, retired. 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 He hung it up a long time ago. <laughs> That's a better term. Retired. Retired. For sure. I, I like to say old, but retired. No, 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 sounds no, no. More retired. You know, on hiatus. That's right. You no, could, no, I'm girl done. Girl, kill you. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's funny that right. You talk about that that partying and sex and all that, right? Like, I think, you know, whereas you look at gangster rap, right. there's this expectation, I know I'm guilty of it, uh, that the dudes rapping about it really live that life. And I think, you know, we learned over time. Oh, the we gangster guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, you learn that that's not always true. Yeah, yeah, but it was believable. But it's entertainment, you know? Right. It's entertainment. The funny thing is when I go out of town, you know, these promoters and shit, they be having girls and shit. I be like, nah, man, I don't. Oh man, you don't get out like no nah, man. I, 
a fucking song. You know right. what I mean? Like, I don't like these type of chicks anyway. You right. Know. <laughs> Picky and all kind of shit. So, yeah, it definitely sort of selects out. Yeah, yeah, you can down south and shit. Like, no offense, but yeah, they'd be throwing some uh, little stragglers, you know. Right. Man, we got some girls. You, did you see Top 5 with Chris Rock? No. Watch that movie. Watch Cedric the Entertainer set, uh, part. That shit's hilarious. Promoter take you to the skanky spots and all that. You know that they, you know that they were showing appreciation. I, you know, sure. But what can you do? I'm from LA. I, 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 I drink from the finest grapes. <laughs> <laughs> right, but so yeah, there's that expectation, like I said, with with gangster rappers that, that you're really living that life. Yeah, Quick and them got a lot of flack for it. Yeah, you know because it it wasn't yeah. known known, but what known enough about you know where where he was from. For sure. Here go the funniest shit. A, a bit of history about me sitting in this building. Right around the corner was the first studio I ever worked at called Wide Tracks. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, Wayne Henderson from the Crusaders, rest in peace. He gave me a shot. I called him for like six months. I went to school with his uh, nephew. Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah, my uncle's looking for rappers and shit. I was like, where is he at? He's like in Hollywood. I said, you got a real studio? He's like, yeah. I called him every day from November to May. He picked up the phone one day and said, all right, man. You've been calling me for months. I guess you want to get in here. He gave me two days. And I started making records kind of like that. Because that was that era. Because, you know, we was like, me and my, Mo Do, you know, my DJ, we were spinning TK. So we would do, like, dirtier versions of, like, Fresh Prince records and mm-hmm. shit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to find some kind of way. Because nobody was going to curb my foulness. I got wild imagination. You know what I mean? Because sure. why not? You know, you're at that age to where you're trying to experiment and do things. And I... I was always writing from that angle because I think this shit's hilarious to me. You know, like, I'm not really to be taken seriously. Not as a rapper, because I'm a great rapper, but my content, like, I talk a lot of shit because mm-hmm. I'm supposed to. And this is my freedom as an artist to talk the shit I want to talk, you know. If you want to charge me on it, remember, it's it's for sale. It's a record. For sure. It's a song, you know. Yeah. Michael Jackson, motherfucker. Well, that's why I play that record, right? Because, you know, so DOC in the article that apparently I got from you, um, you know, he talks about he was making this music and he moved to L.A. Different vibe. Connected up with Dre and and he wrote most of the N.W.A. stuff. Easy too. Yeah. Cube and him wrote. uh, Right. They wrote Dre's parts. They wrote uh, Easy's parts. And, you know, he wrote part of the chronic and all that stuff. And so, but we have this expectation as fans that what that like if you're if it's coming out of your mouth then it's then it's true well you know it's i used to believe reality. the hulk was real in the yeah. third grade but it's just a song you know when you take black <clears throat> bravado and you know you know about you know it's not like something you don't know like fuck the hulk because we don't know about biology and science mm-hmm. but we know about the streets and we heard about people gang banging and all that type of stuff so you think that guy because he looks the part sure you know he got the right clothes on and stuff so but it's just, you know, so I guess there's some dudes out there to be out doing all that crazy shit. But Well, but I think, like, those guys, I mean, they had to sort of perpetuate that myth, right? Yeah. They weren't, uh, you know, I, I, like, Cube was, like, not, it took him years to come out and say, like. That I'm not? Yeah. He, it's not that he said that he was doing that. Right. But, he, but it was like, let's just let that mystery kind of ride. Because he's an entertainer. Of course. That's it. Absolutely. But I, I just find it interesting that, that it's a, um, you know, there's definitely this, this sort of double standard that we expect that 
specifically from gangster rappers. I'm not a gangster rapper. I'm not saying you are. No, no, but I'm, I never was because that just ain't me. You know, none of my records, you know, mm -hmm. implied it because that ain't really where I want to go as a person. And like I tell people, it's like they talk about certain things. It's like, man, I don't know nothing about it. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to lie and be like, yeah, 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 I've done, you know, we all know certain things, but it's like, I don't go deep with it like that because that just ain't me. That ain't my style, you know. It ain't like I don't care, but it's like, well, how much am I supposed to care about something I don't really know nothing about? Right. You know what I mean? That's yeah. all. Yeah. Okay, so then, so that blows up. You go to make the second album. Oh, shit. Did you come and visit me? I did, no, I hooked you up with Terry Heller to shoot the video. Yeah, where is he at? He's uh, I know. He's, he's playing at his restaurant. Checking. I know. Exactly. Um, you motherfuckers so eat, we, you motherfuckers eating without me. So he, <laughs> he shot that. Uh, he shot that video for around the world. Yeah. At a Fly House in Malibu. Yep. I've been But that album, you know, sonically was really different. He being technical. I was, man, I, was, I had, I didn't even want to make a record. That album was, okay. a, that, first of all, that album was supposed to be started in 94. So from 91 to 94, you know, I toured. I was going out fucking two years, just still on the old shit. And they're like, we kind of need a new record. And I was like, all right, but I had all kind of shit going on. I moved, you know. Life was different doing this girlfriend shit and just, you know, just having your way in certain ways to where I wouldn't really think about records. So I spent six months in the studio hold up making the same songs over and over. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. he was like, I like the one with the this and this and that, but it's yeah. like, what are you doing? I was like, I was being lazy as a motherfucker. Really, that's what I was doing. I was like, what time are the bitches getting here? Right. You know, yeah. it's like, what time? You ready to start recording? Like, ah, man, I, I got girls coming in. Yeah. Drinking food and For sure. high all the time. Yeah. Yep. And it sounded like it because it didn't sound great. It sounded like a good piece of, uh, people like it, but it's like, eh, it ain't really had no bite to it because by that time Biggie came out, right. you know, Bad Boy was winning, so your shit had to come hard. And the fucking thing about that album, man, I had a conversation with a girl that I don't remember, and she was like, why don't you do something for LA? Like, you know, uh -huh. your stuff sounds kind of East Coasty, hip hoppy and shit. Why don't you do something like LA? And I thought about that and did it. And I don't remember who told me that, but fuck you. Because I should have kept doing, you right. know, my second album was going to be called Son of a Bitch. Uh -huh. And I had some crazy That's shit on title. there. Like, I was going to go everywhere with it. And then I was thinking, like, well, what would my mom say? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, start thinking. And people, you know, after you become popular, people always got something to say to you. You have an opinion about what you do. And, right. you know, you should do this or you should do that. But before, nobody gave a fuck. Right. You know what I mean? So... And I kind of bought into that because I was fucking 23 years old. I'm, I'm at banks and shit and, mm -hmm. you know, eating brunch with rich motherfuckers. Like, you know, it was different. Yeah. You know, I wasn't in the hood struggling because I used to do beats for McDonald's in the 40. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. a nigga bring two 40s and two McValue packs. It's like, how many beats you want, my nigga? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's how my shit was. You know? Yeah. No, I think that's really common, you know, that. We live here, though. Well, but then when you're starting out, right, it all happens very naturally. There's no plan. 
Nope. Right? It just it just sort of happens. And people accuse you of like knowing what you're getting into. Like, how the fuck am I supposed to know? Sure. I don't know what it feel like to win the Super Bowl. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. how would you know what happens after you win the Super Bowl? Right. You know. But then that's what happens, right? The second album. Yeah. Now. Sophomore Jinx. Sure. I knew I knew I waited too long. <clears throat> Yep. Because we were, we were, I was unaware of the timeline that you have to be relevant. You know, it seems weird because, you know, you go out, go out and stand in front of the crowds, but yeah, I'm singing two, three-year-old songs and they still liking it. So right. I was like, okay, I'm kind of gravy. Right. And during that time, we was doing a whole lot of contract renegotiations and all kind of shit like that that shouldn't have been the focal point. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I always figured out by time, you know, I'm doing records with Domino and doing records with other people. We had Boss out and shit like that. So I figured we were straight, you know. But that sophomore jinx, man, it was like, I, I didn't really give a fuck anyway. You know what I mean? Because I, like, kind of yeah. wanted to quit after the first one. Like, I get it. This is some bullshit. I don't like this industry. I don't like these contracts. I don't like most of these people around me. So I didn't care. Yeah. And it probably sounded like it. So, so then what? So the album, that album didn't really connect. It didn't connect with you, it sounds like. And, you know. I didn't give a shit. Right. So by 90, what was it, 95, 96, I came back to L.A. I was out in Georgia. And I came back in 97 and started working uh, with Quick on Rhythmalism. Mm -hmm. And that was okay. So from there, featuring a bunch of songs, you know, featuring, trying to go back. And I was trying to get out my deal. Right. Because they weren't really, I don't know, man. Certain companies you go into a field got a good vibe and shit. My company just felt like you was in a library or a dentist office. Like you didn't know what kind of office you were in. Like, is this a record company? Like, where's the energy? And you know, I, I used to sit in marketing meetings and shit, and I thought everybody was crazy, right? Because they they would do this thing where everybody got to throw out ideas and shit, and I'd be like, really? This is what you motherfuckers <laughs> think about it? in this room with the door closed? Like, no, that ain't how you do it. And they wouldn't come out here to see how we did it out here. You know, I had a New York company, so, mm -hmm. you know, that's when a lot of people was getting satellite offices out here, Def Jam, everybody, you know, they wanted to come out here and get a piece of this pie. Yeah. And we tried to tell them, like, you got to come out here and fuck with us so you understand what we're doing record-wise, you know. Sure. That didn't happen. So, you know. Yeah, it's funny you say that because, you know, it's definitely different well, out here. Out here, yeah. Right, and, and I remember, you know, working with, with Dub C, We'd be in the studio, and they were always talking about, like, they made records for their homies, for their neighborhood. Right. And, you know, they had a certain yeah. way of doing things, but it was all about, you know, is this going to get played on our block? Right. And that's all they ever cared about. Preserving it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, there's good and bad to that, too, right? Like, yeah. there's a, probably a reason why his stuff only went so big. Right. Because it, it was so focused on that but one you, thing. But you got to remember, he's, he's, he, you know, he came from a long line of, old school L.A. rapper. So yeah. he, he knew that he was on K-Day all day. Mm -hmm. I grew up hearing, you know, him and all the records. Because like, basically here, all you wanted to do was be on K-Day. We ain't give a fuck. This is L.A. This is a big market. Right. You can go gold here. 
but that's the challenge, right? Is that that you know, like you said, you have labels in L in New York, or they're thinking they didn't look at this out here as real a real market, right? Because you know, New Yorkers got a New York mm -hmm. type of mentality to where they come here and run through the town and yeah. you know get all the fans and take all our bitches and then go home. Sure. And they had a nice L.A. vacation. But when, you know, people out here started selling records and being more important in the hip-hop game, you know, and having a style which basically other people want to emulate, that's where the whole gangster shit came from. You know, mm -hmm. everybody think they tough every once in a while. Yeah, especially you know, when you're at that age. Yeah, you know, remember New York dudes didn't even really cuss on songs. So right. when we got out here talking all this shit, you know, props to Easy and them crazy motherfuckers, you know, yeah. Dre and them making them crazy-ass records that people was like... Yeah, I live more like this. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? So, you know, it give you the good pump up. Uh-huh. Yeah. You worked with Easy. Huh? You worked with Easy. Yeah, yeah. Trust no bitch. Easy, hey, yeah, yeah. We was doing that for a penthouse record. Because after Quick came out, penthouse got a deal with Ruthless. That's so, right. Yeah. Yeah, we did trust no bitch. I'm on the NWA Legacy Volume 1, I guess. <laughs> I'm on one of them. That's funny. How Easy. was he? How was he to work with? Easy, cool, man. He ain't gonna fuck me. Doing it. He kicked us all out the studio, though. We was like, we can't hear your shit? He don't like, you know, he don't like recording in front of people. Mm. Yeah. Come on, man. Just go on, man. Come on. I was like, why? You sat in my session. We gonna sit in your session and see how you do your shit. Then Quick was like, man, come on, man. He ain't gonna do it if everybody hears. He's like, all right, fuck it. I interviewed Easy back when I was a journalist. And, uh, yeah, this was before that. This was probably when you I was still, rap sheet? still in college. No, at the school yeah. paper, yeah. UCLA. Daily Bruin. No shit. That's you how I got started. Easy? Yeah, I interviewed, you know, 100 you people. My first day as a journalist, I interviewed Short and KRS-One. It was like the best day of my life. Yeah, of course. 19 years old. Yeah, has to be. Meeting these guys. I spent a, I spent a whole afternoon with Short in his house. You know, I was a, that was... A, that was one of the best days I ever had. Mm -hmm. But so I interviewed Easy, and he and we're in his office in mm -hmm. in uh, Canoga Park, Portland Hills, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, and you know he's sitting behind that big desk, and he just pulls out his pistol. And he's like, "What you want to talk about?" And the consummate professional. Man, I just thought like <laughs> this dude. You know, I knew what he was doing, and he knew what he was doing. It, it was just great. You know, every yeah, like I said, every. Every uh, movement was thought out. Yeah. Yeah. Called Blueprint. Cool. Yeah. Still used today. For sure. Yep. Well, talk about quick. I know what you, you guys. Know. Well, you, I know. Uh, so then you got into the fixers. That's uh, later. Yeah. That was 06. Okay. You guys had a hit. Yeah. And then you fell out. I didn't fall out with nobody. Okay. Online, they say you fell out. Who, who wrote that? I don't know. But I remember just as, as uh, your friend that it seemed like you and Quick were always kind of off and on. That's not really me. Okay. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That dude, man, he's a special dude, man. You know, talented people how they are sometimes, man. Um, you know, my thing is I like I like making records a lot, but I'm more like you. You're a marketer. You know what I'm saying? Business person to where, <clears throat> you know, I like to see, I like to make it really work for the long term. Mm -hmm. Like with the fixer shit, you know, that record by the grace of God, because I I did the track and stuff, and Quick was like he was doing his thing. I'm like, let's try something different. You know what I mean? Like, you know, let's not, not saying you off, but let's try something just different. You know what I mean? Let's do something different. And he'd be working on a bunch of tracks and stuff, and then he'd take a break, and I'd be like, all right, check this out again. And, like, play it, like, rock with it, man. Come on. And one time I had some chicks come through, and they was like, oh, that's, who is that? I was like, you know, we about to do this and shit, right? So I said, dude, just record it. I'll, um, I'll start it off. I got a hook, and um, it's two verses out in and out you know we need something that's gonna get these kids excited and essentially you know before the fixes the fixes was really just gonna be a production company mm -hmm. but we weren't selling enough motherfucking songs like tracks and shit so he's like dude we both famous let's make a record and people ain't hurt you know they sure. we heard you know might as well do a group you know and put a record out see what works so we do the record shit people liking it we take it to julio g and um god we take it to Julio G, and um, he played Quick's record, the one he wanted, and he was just like, yeah, you know, it's like Quick record. I was like, no, no, we got another song to play. So he played that, Can You Work With That, and brought it back like 10 times and blew the whistle, all that shit they do or whatever. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, let's go. So we worked that, rock with it. Two, three months later, we got it on Interscope, shot the vid, working it. You know, we did about a buck, 150 shows. Worldwide AM, hit me on the Gmail. I brought my boy with me, so bring another female. Diamonds on my fingers, a couple on my toes. Walked into the party and seen so many arms. Can you work with that? Can you work with that? Can you work with that? I can work with that. Cali to the A, we speeding on the freeway. In the stretch LS, baby, we hood fellas. Can you work with that? Can you work with that? Can you work with that? I can work with that. Let me do my job, girl, don't make it easy for me. Tomorrow morning, make my eggs... By the time it came to do the album, you know, that put us back on Billboard, put us on MTV, put us everywhere you could be seen, you know, and heard visibly and all that shit, all the mags. And by the time it's time for the album, a lot of shit just start breaking down, you know, because we had a guy that working with us that was at eyes with Quick, and they had their own personal business relationship. And that just got, it kind of got funky, mm -hmm. you know, and he got fed up, which he should have, but at the same time, I think that for the sake of not killing the project we worked so hard on, you know, and me too, because I worked my ass off on that shit. I was doing so much work. I was like, if it take this much to make a record now, this is some bullshit. Because, yeah. you know, you got interviews with every blog, every internet radio, every, you know, and uh, shit, it just fell apart. Mm -hmm. You know, and I heard, you know, I seen some of the shit. He be talking all kind of shit, talking, I he didn't produce it, I did it, and he sucks, and I... But who says that? Like, I don't kill the brand, you know? A part of a part of me, essentially, is the brand of DJ Quick, and I don't fuck the brands over, because why? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You know? Yeah. If you work at Jif Peanut Butter, you go leave and start talking shit. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, sure. I'm not gonna fuck the brand over. I'll, I may need the brand. You know? I like peanut butter. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, I don't know. We brothers, man. We music brothers. We friends. We just don't hang out and shit and 
Right. You know, we've been working together 20 years. Come on, people don't know the temptations. Them motherfuckers rode in separate limos. Of course. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, I think there's this romantic idea of a band or, or oh, right, that partnership in Dude, music we, where we, everybody loves each other. We had a French guy doing an interview. He came over to do an interview with us, and he... And Quick was gone by this time, so he asked questions. I just told him a bunch of real shit. He fucking cried. And I was like, I'm sorry, man. You think we playing basketball and eat lunch and shit together every day? Like, these are grown motherfucking men. Like, I'm going to hang out with these dudes. You know, we hang out do our thing, but we've done right. it. Yeah. You know, we've sure. done it. Yeah, back There's to a reason it. Michael left the Jacksons. Right. You know. For sure. And Quick is like our Michael because he's the biggest star. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And... I'll never disrespect the brand of where it started and where it can go, ever. I don't give a fuck what anybody say about me. He can say all the fucking shit he wants to. But what does that mean? Mm -hmm. You know. Okay. Um, so with that, though, you never... Want some juicy gossip? <laughs> nah, nah, nah. No, no, <laughs> no. Not at all. Whatever is real. I'm just saying, like, you know, what can you say? I don't really know. I, I, I'm so far, because after that, that shit really burned a hole in me, man. I was just hot because it works, you know, work so hard. Everybody yeah. works so hard. And for it to just get shit on and, and rumors and shit, I don't care about no fucking rumors, but just to get shit on and just be like, so my work meant nothing. You know what I mean? So I, I decided I'm not going to do that anymore. Mm-hmm on any kind of level. You know, we talked about doing shit and stuff later on in the years and stuff, but it's just like, I just don't feel comfortable. I'm too old to be working that hard for this much, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm cool. How come you never worked with other producers? What do you mean? Well, it's like all your music's been either you produce it or, or right. you and Quick right. together. Well, he never really produced none of my shit. Okay. He did, uh, I think he did New Exercise on the first album. But mm -hmm. he ain't really give me no, you know, he did, come on, producer, back then you keep the best beats for yourself. Right. I'm going to get this other dude a hit for. But as far as dealing with other producers, but you got to remember back then, who the fuck was a producer? Uh, Out here, everybody wanted beats from Dre, and Dre sure. wasn't fucking with nobody. Yeah, but we had Battle Cat, we had... Well, you know, Battle Cat did Domino stuff, and I, you know, he was developing his sound, which became all the stuff he gave Snoop and him mm -hmm. during those years. But it's like, I'm not really itching to, you know, I'm not a beat broker like that. Mm -hmm. Because I just love what I do. It's like, most tracks I hear from other people, they, I like them, and they got good shit. But it don't have the quirk that I like. You know, it's certain certain shit that I like in a, in a song or, or a track to make me want to really kill it. You know, that's just how I feel. I, and, um, and and somebody else asked me that. It's just like, well, you don't work with these people. It's like, dude, my thing was like, if, if they can do a track better than I can do a track for me, then yes. But it was just basically crew. And... Mm -hmm. and just the people you hang around. I would never do the out searching for beats and shit. I fuck with people before, like Premier and fucking um, uh, Ali, Shahid Muhammad from Tribe Called Quest back in the day, mm -hmm. Eric Sermon, just on shit that ain't never came out or nothing like that. But it wasn't right. like I was just geared up to just use a nigga beats and name for, you know. It always felt I'm like... I'm the anti-star. I don't... <laughs> I, I kind of want it my way. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I really care, but not too much. Because I'm an asshole. No, I get it. Oh, I was just going to say about the, you know, producers, right? I always felt like the, when the East Coast producers try to work with West Coast artists, I'm sure there's some exceptions to this. 
but it never really worked. Like who? Was it? I don't know. Like you have the premiere remix for Too Short, or it was like always okay, right? But not great. It like it's like they they sort of missed the point. Yeah, because they got a different feel. Yeah. And a different influence, you know. And a lot of and, and the shit that really changed it was the whole Midwest getting on people, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the tracks Dre did for Eminem way different than he do for other people. Uh, Nelly, you know what I mean? Like them dudes and they whole sound and even you know the Southern shit. You can't knock off Atlanta and Ti and all them with the trap shit, Outkast. So when more flavors start getting involved, because like most young dudes I meet. They all make trap music. Mm-hmm. And I never thought niggas from L.A. would make down south records because right. 10 years ago, if you gave a dude a beat like that, he'd be like, I don't rap on this shit, man. Yeah. Give me some West Coast. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, you know, being that we out here, a lot of people kind of, they're a little late. Mm-hmm. You ask me, they're a little late catching on because you could have passed them in a certain way because you know how that shit go. Luke came out here to find the two live crew, which was making the bass music, that took it to Miami, which blew up Miami bass, which turned into Lil John. Which learned, you know, the crunk, mm-hmm. which turned into trap, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, because we was the kings of the 808 out here. You talking about Egypt and all that shit, Ronnie on Joe Cooley. It's like, mm-hmm. that was our shit, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So. So what what young kids are you checking for? What do you mean? Now. What do you listen to? What do I listen to? Yeah. Oh, God. I don't want to tell the truth. <laughs> you talking about hip-hop? I listen to my guys. You say that guy right there? That's 88. Okay. Basehead Beats with Ink, him, nice. guy named Ardell. Okay. Um, we got Smurf, we got I Am Scooby, Poupon the Don, Rico Suave. Who are, am I missing anybody? No Sense. My nigga No Sense. Yeah. Okay. These are my young guys, man. So you're producing? No, no. He's the producer. Okay. I make records every now and then. Yeah. I made a record called Bottom. I don't okay. know if you got Bottom. You got Bottom? Nah, I mean... I ain't got bottom, man. Send the bottom real quick. Play some bottom while we up here. But yeah, this dude's a genius, and it's and it it gave me the feeling of back when I started, just to see them all gelling and doing the same shit that we did yeah. to make our shit happen. I was just like, you know, I tell them, dude, I'm just happy to be here. They're like, man, we happy to have you. We we love having you around to give us the knowledge and all that type of stuff. So sure. that's kind of what I'm doing right now, just okay. overseeing and you know helping when I can and you know making sure. You know, these dudes are bright now. They got all the information. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just about showing them how to do the steps and, you know, how to make it count. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like back in the day you just go do a cash grab at a label mm-hmm. and they set you up properly. So, you know, that's what we're working on. And he's actually featured on the song uh, Bottom that I did. And he, did you, you mixed the motherfucker, right? Yeah, he mixed it. And, um, yeah, we got a lot of shit, too. We just did some shit the other day that's crazy. <laughs> that dude, he's gonna be. Yeah, James King. He got records out on T Fly and all kind of people, so you know. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm still in the mix with the the young Fly niggas because I've been on this dude about four years. You know, young guy. So I've always told him like, live right across the street. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, fuck with me, man. Mm-hmm. Come hang out. He's like, I'm gonna come hang out with you. And uh, recently when I was doing the bottom record, I had come check this track out, and he instantly was like. Oh, like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 come fuck with me, help me do it, you know. So that's how we started working. We've been working about, what, six months now? Yeah. But I've been knowing these dudes forever. They come in and let me hear the shit they doing, keep me updated. So I think the time is right. We're going to have a good year or two or 20. But you like that role? Huh? You like that role? It's just role what I fell than... into because okay. it's essentially I'm 44 fucking years old. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm hot. <laughs> but it's like, why am I hot? I'm too old to be hot. Mm-hmm. Or de- I'm decent, I should mm-hmm. say. I'm not hot, I'm decent. But, you know, I still like to do what I do. But watching them do their thing, that inspires me to go like, you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. You know? Do, would I come see me in concert? I don't know. <laughs> but it may be people. But there's a market for that, right? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Guys like us who grew up with hip-hop, right? right? But you don't want to go to a club with 19-year-olds now uh-uh. and, you know. They tried to make me go to Secret Sundays last week. I was like, you ever heard of that shit? No. That's downtown at the old Prince Glam Slam. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's off the chain. You know, is that right? It's like strippers, weed, and music. Yeah. Which is good. But I'm like, I don't want to be there because I can't run that fast in case anything go down. <coughs> no yeah, this sure. to Secret Sundays, but, you know. No, I get it. I'm I'm like an 89.9 type of dude. You know, I listen to all the new shit, you know. What? Everybody. Give me, me some. Everybody that's out. What are you bumping? Truffle butter, nigga. Okay. <laughs> no, everything that's out. Same shit. Everybody listens. I go to bars and clubs. Okay. Same shit. Okay. You want me to name more records? Yeah. Oh, God. What do you, what would, what do you like that would surprise people? As in music? Yeah, music. I don't think it'd be surprising, but are you talking about hip-hop? I'm going to tell you this. When I was managing Dub, I think I told this story already, but he, we got in the car one time. He had just got an S-Class, mm-hmm. got his, you know, first check on that level, and uh, we had to go somewhere, and we get in the car, and and the wave comes on. Right. 94-7. Back when it was all saxophone music. Yeah. Yeah. Kenny G. Yeah. And all that shit. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? What like, you mean? Like, I mean, I... You're the dude. You, you can't believe... I couldn't that. believe that, man. Come on, I, man. Dude, I had known Dub C for two years already. We've been working together. Dude. And... Everybody chills out. Yeah, sure. All the rah-rah. I could go hard with the rah-rah, but, you know, when I get in the car, man, yeah. I like this guy, Christian Scott, trumpet player, jazz. Okay. You know, just that... Keep from killing the motherfucking traffic music. You know what I mean? Just chilling. Okay. You know, I'm not gonna name my my classical shit. All right. But yeah, just chilling. You know, and that's that's happened gradually over ten years. <clears throat> it got to the point where I couldn't listen to no more words. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. being a writer and listening to a motherfucker talking a bunch of shit. It's like it's overload. Yeah. And that shit just kind of broke down to where it's like I want to listen to songs. Yeah, you know. No, it's funny. I go the other way. When so when I've when I've like listened to too much, like I, I put on comedy. That too. They're talking, but it's still. Let me you tell know, you something. I wrote I wrote to Vegas with a girl, and I'm playing George Carlin CDs and uh-huh. shit. And she's like, "How in the fuck can you listen to this shit?" I said, "Put your mind there. Uh-huh. Act like you at the show, bitch. Laugh. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's not a bad thing. You know? Yeah, I do, I do listen a lot of comedy, and and. That's all I. That's what puts me to sleep every night. Netflix, some fucking comedian. Is that right? Yeah, every night. Who you? Who you? I love Bill Burr. You like Bill Burr? Yeah, he's funny. Bill Burr, Louis C.K., my niggas. Uh, who else? You know, I'm a comedy fan. Cause that's where I used to write from. That's why people used to take me seriously. Like I'm writing jokes, mm-hmm. but I'm rapping them because I'm talking shit. And you know, you'd be like, I got a big dick, and all, you know, all them type of songs. It's like people take offense to it, but it's like it's a joke. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> no, but that's another good that's another good example, right? Where you know we don't think comedians are being serious. A lot of people do. 
You ever seen the people fighting comedians and shit? No. <laughs> huh? Uh-uh. I've seen a couple niggas get their ass whooped on stage. Is that right? Everybody don't think it's funny. You know. Back to the I don't know, man. It's just, it's just weird, man. It's like hard. I, I don't know what the crowds are. The funniest shit I see is when you go to a show and everybody got their phone up filming a motherfucker. Yeah. It's like, be there, man. Enjoy yeah. it. Be in the moment. Yeah, enjoy but, it. You Put know. your fucking phone down. Quit taking pictures. Quit putting niggas on YouTube. All right. You know what I mean? Like, enjoy it. Be there. That's it's funny. Just, it's just different, you know. Yeah. You guys having a good time? Yeah! <laughs> no, you're not. So, talk about <laughs> this Rihanna song. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, she used your title. Right. Tiger did the same thing, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Tiger got a song with the same name. Yeah. He ain't put it out, though. We just go sue him. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't know that. I thought it was out. Hmm? Okay, so Rihanna put it out. Um, it was one of the mixtape records that he did. Oh, okay. Because I talked to Mustard, because Mustard came at me first and told me. I was like, all right, well, just let me know. Yeah. And they probably thought about it and was like, we don't want to pay him no money. But the Rihanna song, yeah, that shit was a hell of a surprise. A good friend of mine, a girl named Hannah Sidibe, singer, mm-hmm. she hit me up and she was like, Rihanna has a song coming out called Bitch Grab My Money. I'm like, bullshit. You know what I mean? I'm like, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard it and it was pretty good. So, yeah. But Brian Michael Cox, super producer, nine Grammys, he did a remix and he flipped my song with it. You hear that one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Because of me, yeah. You know, of course. You know, like, yeah. No, but it's dope. I mean, they're both, they're, uh, the songs are really different. Yeah. But, I like know. her shit, though. You know, it, they both good. It's like, I don't give a fuck, man, as long as it's, you know, I come from hip-hop. You yeah. already done broke down my shit. I steal songs. Yeah. You know? So I'm not mad if somebody used an element of mine or whatever, whatnot. Sure. And everybody's like, are you going to get paid? How much money are you going to get? Are you going to sue her? Blah, 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 blah. I said, well, basically... That's the title of my song, mm-hmm. which I lifted from a, you know, yeah, a vocal. Big Daddy K. So I can't get paid for that. Right. If she said any of my motherfucking words, it'd be different. But, yeah. you know, for sure. I'm happy somebody did it. You know, put the pimping back in it. You know about pimping, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> do you, um, so does that, like, matter when something like that happens? Does that matter for your career? Does it matter in business? What do you mean matter? Like, I don't know. Do you know, is it any... There's a song out that's got the same title as your hit, right? Is that? This is like a good look. Yeah. That's about it. You talk to her or her Hell people no. at all? No. Rock Nation ain't called me. You can. <laughs> uh, Rihanna, no. Nah. I take a Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> a little date or something, you know. Right. But yeah, it's all easy breezy. Okay. Hopefully it helps. A lot of people have been getting at me, though, so. Yeah. You know, hopefully that brings awareness to the other shit I'm doing. That's so. all I mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, always, yeah. That's cool. It's good to be appreciated in some form or fashion. You know, let's, sure. let's just say Rihanna ain't never heard of me and don't know I made that record. She knows now. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Yeah, definitely. One, one day she may bring a bag of weed over and, you know, make a nigga some food. <laughs> <laughs> so give you the address now. What, uh, so besides working with, with all these young cats, are you, are you still making solo records? Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna play your bottom. Not ratchet or too familiar with a mattress. Daily she gets her ass kissed. Model was something massive. No control to the ashes. Fattest of all the asses. Girl, I know where the cash is. Gaddy baby, I'm classic. Born in BK, but LA. Legend I am, they tell me. 
some, baby, sell me. Treat you good, then treat you bad, then treat you better than most. Next, we hitting that coast. Vegas up in that ghost. I came from the bottom, the top. She came from the bottom, the top. Now we got bottles to pop on our way to the top. And we yeah, that's cool. You know, because we could have did something like everybody else, but it's enough of that. You know what I mean? I want to try something. Like, and I got a little EDM beat in here, but we have an EDM bitch around my money remix, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice. Did you do? I can't do that shit. My boy DJ Speedy. Okay. Got DJ Speedy. He out of Atlanta, but he's out here. He did for me. Oh, it's, it's, on, uh, it's on Spotify. Is it? Yeah. The, the remix? Yeah. Really? I think so. Or either SoundCloud. No, I think it's on Spotify. It's on iTunes. <laughs> Quit listening to free shit. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I'm just talking shit. See, I still got a little bit of fire. <laughs> no, but we got newer records too. That's crazy. Cause I did bottom in December. Okay. Yeah, just getting back, man. I don't remember what I did last year. I think I made like two records. Oh, I did make a record last year. I don't make a lot of records no more, but I'm starting to work again. I got a record called Still Want You. You'll like this motherfucker. This is the Rockstar record. Okay. Yeah. Nice. It's not done now. I got to mix it, but yeah, I'll let you check it out. You play it. So how is it different now? I mean, we talked about it at the beginning to make no it a difference. second album. How is it different now making it? No records? difference. It's just really just going to work yeah. and understanding what work is. You know, you know, when you're younger, you got other shit going on. You're yeah. living and doing shit. You know, now a lot of shit slowed down. I kick back. I got my hobbies, I got my habits, and you know, they work for me. And whether I can show somebody how to do it or I can do it myself, because that's what happened with uh, the fixtures anyway. A bunch of dudes talking shit one day, you know, we like 36, and it's like, yeah. I said, watch, I'll do this shit right in front of your face. We'll go from here to MTV. I'll show you how to do every aspect of it. And by the time we was on MTV, motherfuckers were like, you really did that shit. You said you was gonna do it and you did it. It's like, yeah, because I'm a doer. But I don't like to be bored. When I'm bored, I get restless. I'm, you know, I'll go off on a binge, man. I'll just go off and won't do shit for a long time. Because I've done it already. You know, I've been around the block 50 fucking times. It's like, I know what the outcome is, you know. So it's just now, right right now, working with the fellas is like picking the right songs and going forward with the songs and, you know, this whole new social media aspect and, you know, I got that. You know, you got to work your Twitter, your Facebook or whatever, your Instagram and all that shit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, it took me a minute to learn all of that because it just didn't make sense. Because I don't know. You know, I was just like, what does this shit mean? Like, yeah, so what? You got 10,000 followers. Are they go buy anything? Mm-hmm. You know, that's my thing. You yeah. know, and I used to tell artists, like, make it for sale. You see how many fans you got. Yeah, yeah we lucky, man. Yeah, we'll put it up for sale. Buy it. If it costs a quarter to get every fucking Twitter fan, you wouldn't have no motherfucking fan. That's what I heard. <laughs> and that's what I heard Talib Kweli say. Yeah. He said he'll be out at a show and people have come up to him and say, I'm your biggest fan. And he goes, you know, what do you have? What, what, have, you what, have, what have you bought in there? Nothing. I've never bought anything. Zero well, You're not a fan because fans support. Yeah. You know, and music is a great trifecta because you guys, okay, here's the intro to music. You listen to it for free on the radio. Right? You like it. You go to the store, you buy it. I come to town, you come see me. Then you buy some t-shirts or other shit mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, you you know, you know, get paid three five, three times, but now they yeah. done turn, and I got a quote, I, we done, they turned the million dollar hustle to a dollar get, you know, dollar game. So, 
Mm-hmm. We out here 99 setting it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, for and sure. And in my mind, I, I equate man hours and all the shit I got to do to make 99 cents. I'd be like, man, fuck this shit. Yeah. You know, I'm older. My fans are older. My fans got mortgages. A lot of them are grandparents. It's like, ain't nobody going out buying my motherfucking record, no matter how much they like But those it. people go to a show, though. They will go to the show. Appreciate you. Come out. Put your leather on and I don't know what the fuck they wear. Like, <laughs> that's what I'm saying, Leopard right? print, like, baby. Put your leopard print on. And I think that's going to be the... Touring. The business for... It's going to have to be. Well, for our generation of hip-hop, right, is that... This is it. You know, there's a lot of 40-year-olds out there that they want to get away from the kids, go they're have a fun yeah, night out, out, but they still love hip-hop. Yeah. I mean, that's what you see these posters all over the New Kids on the Block. Yeah tour big time it's all guys you know people are age you been to the show no no that's not for me yeah but it is it's all it's all that yeah. show is, i know every is girl i know yeah every girl i know age. she they go to that stuff because it's that's good what they to, see. to like come on like i don't you know i go see no edition you know that's yeah. my era i grew up sure. candy girl and all that shit so mm-hmm. i love to see them guys and i know people love to see you know what we do yeah. I like to do shit out of town. Doing shows here is annoying. Sure. You know. Well, I ain't got backstage passes. <laughs> you know, like, it's nothing backstage. Yeah, everybody's a VIP yeah, in LA. Yeah, everybody. So for the young cats you're working with, what's the, what's the most important lesson that you've learned through all this? Through the music business? Mm-hmm. Save all your money. Uh, most important. I don't know. There's a lot of important lessons in this game, you know, because... What's the most important thing that somebody's taught you or told you? Own. You know? Own. And learn how to own... Own your shit. Yeah, and control it. What do I talk about all the time? That's all I talk about. Controlling. Intellectual property, you know. Mm-hmm. My, 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 um... Music attorney is also an intellectual property lawyer. And from 20 years ago, I've been getting the game and doing independent research and study on it because this is the future. You know what I mean? You know. So that's the most important thing to me. Mm-hmm. I learned that here from the great Dick Griffey, the one that had Sony build this building that you're sitting in right now. He used to bring me upstairs and talk to me for hours. Be here at noon. Be me and him. And, you know, that's where they learn, you know, to own your masters and all that type of stuff. But yeah, he showed me the game. The dude that had this building built for like five million dollars like thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. This building worth what? Prime Hollywood real estate. A lot. Yeah. This is yeah. nice. Yeah. So yeah, and he owned it. So that's the most important thing, and I got it straight from the horse's mouth. So yeah. Own. Don't you own your shit? Some days. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Well, you know, it's it's a uh, that's a moving target, right? Because you can own, you know, you can own everything on paper. If somebody's not buying it, you oh, know, we gonna make them buy. Sure. Yeah, we still know how to entertain. Ain't we entertaining right now? <laughs> this well, shit ain't are. real, huh? <laughs> you are. Nah, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, it's a job. I like my job. I had to learn how to like my job too. 
How how that happened? Because you know when you everything when you, when you 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 creating you writing producing performing all that shit that shit wears and tears on everything because you got to be good in everything. Yeah. At least ninety percent to even compete. You know, so that take a lot of time out you. So, so what ha what made you like it? Again? Yeah. I finally realized what I do. It's like oh yeah I do do that. Like mm -hmm. you should get to work. Yeah okay all right. I went to work, and I've been in working, you know, because I just got, I had to figure out everything else wasn't for me, you know, like, you know, I'm still not married, I don't know, kids and nothing like that, mm -hmm. so I got a lot of fucking free time, bro, <laughs> you know what I mean, so I've done a lot of shit, just having fun, just, you know, just seeing what's going on, and I said, well, you know, I kind of like what I do, and I appreciate it more, you yeah. know what I mean, because I can't get away from it. You know what I mean? You can't get away from this shit. You make a mark in something, they go fuck with you forever, you know? In a good way, you know? Mm -hmm. Not in a bad way, but in a good way. And I appreciate it. It taught me how to appreciate what I do and why I do what I do. And that helps me go forward doing what I do, not being ashamed of certain things I've done or certain situations. So, you know, that's what I like about it. Mm -hmm. You know, you feel whole, you know? Because I know how to answer the tough questions. I know how to go through the tough shit to get to the great. And did you come to that on your own, or did somebody say yeah. something to you? Yeah, no, because, you know, people, people, a lot of people think they're telling me shit, and I know it, but they think, you know, how people like, you know, you should, you know, it's like, yeah, hey, man, you're like five years late. Like, I've been on that shit. Like, you know, I'm not expressive like that because it's nobody's fucking business. Right. What I do or why I do what I do. Yeah. Just trying to get paid, man. Ain't you trying to get paid? Yeah. Of course. Right. We know you sneaky motherfucker. We and this dude, we got the same initials. Ain't we the same sign? December. No, oh, you a Sag? Uh, Capricorn. You Capricorn? Yeah, yeah, you go get it, though. Yeah. I'm a Libra. I got that okay. balance thing going on. You know what I mean? So my thing is like smoke crack, eat a granola bar. <laughs> get it together. Nice. Yep. You hear that, kids? No crack. Smoke, smoke crack no, and no, eat granola. No crack. <laughs> no crack. Not that kind of crack. <laughs> Crack kills. Crack kills, but not this kind. That's right. All right, thanks for doing this. We good? Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Appreciate you, man. Much Thank love you. always. Rebel. See us next time on Rebel Radio. Yo, if you want to reach out to us, hit us up on Twitter at Rebel Radio Net or come to our website rebelradio.net and don't forget to subscribe on SoundCloud soundcloud.com rebel underscore radio bring the strings in